Welcome to Call It In The Ring. Tonight we are talking about WCW World War III versus Royal Rumble and WCW War Games versus Hell in a Cell. I am Jordan and I'm joined here like always with my buddy Ed from Pennsylvania. How you doing tonight, Ed? Oh, I'm, I'm not too bad. I, uh, I, I'm i glad that that entrance didn't take 30 minutes like uh, like World War Three did. The entrance oh. is to World War Three. But uh, oh. I'm good. I'm good. Nice, nice pun. So uh, Ed and I are excited about tonight's show. I think I'm really excited about tonight's show because we're finally talking about WCW, which I'm, I, you know, I've already said my piece about WCW, but we're going to get into it hardcore. Um, before we get into it, though, uh, we do want to do something a little serious here for just a second. Uh, we don't usually do this. We're going to break kayfabe. Um, but uh, we are recording this on a Tuesday, uh, which is uh, the 23rd of October. Uh, yesterday on the 22nd of October, um, Roman Reigns came out on Monday Night Raw and announced that he is going to drop this title. And uh, he has to step away because he has leukemia. So Ed and I uh, sent out our uh, prayers and thoughts out to Roman Reigns and his family. And we hope he has a speedy recovery. And uh, thank you, Roman, for all the work that you've done. And you kept us entertained. And uh, we appreciate it. So I don't know if you had anything to say about that, but uh, that's my two cents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, man, we talk a lot of shit on, on Roman Reigns as a performer, but, you know, God, I don't, you know, nobody ever wishes something like that to happen to somebody. So, you know, I mean, I mean, just, <coughs> excuse me. I might not be a huge fan of his performances in the ring, but I definitely, you know, I definitely hope he, uh, you know, I definitely hope he, uh, he, you know, comes back and, you know, gives it, gives it his all, whether, you know, gives it his all back in the ring, man. So, you know, you know, Godspeed, man. Yeah, definitely. So, Again, thoughts and prayers go out to Roman and his family. We do joke around, but we don't want anything serious to happen to any of the wrestlers. But with that being said, let's talk about this episode. Ed, uh, I don't know where to begin with this episode. We have two. We have, well, we have WCW versus WWF in this episode, kind of. Kind of, yeah, that's, that's true. And we have two different pay-per-view styles here. We have World War III versus Royal Rumble. So, Ed, I would like you to catch you off guard here. I would like you to tell the audience here what is the gist of the Royal Rumble match. If somebody comes up to you in the streets and says, Ed, what is a Royal Rumble match? How do you describe it? So, you know, every, uh, you know, every minute, 30, you know, between 30, there's 30 guys and every minute somebody comes into the ring. Uh, it's a battle Royal at, your, at its finest top man, you know, over the top rope, you get eliminated and it's held in January. It has been for quite some time. You know, one of the, one of the number one pay-per-views that Royal uh, WWE does hold. And uh, the winner of the Royal Rumble traditionally goes on to face whoever the champion is at WrestleMania and in, in, in the main event. Now, how many wrestlers are in the Royal Rumble? It's 30 guys. 30 guys. They've done bigger. They've done other ones, but it's traditionally and mostly been 30. Because the greatest Royal Rumble this year, wasn't that 60? Yeah, I believe so. That's what I thought. I could be wrong. Yeah, Backtrack yeah. us, but... Yeah, I, be- okay. I, believe, I believe so. So now, Ed, I'm going to describe to you what World War Three is. Okay. 
World War III was WCW's answer to Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble always started in January. World War III always happened in November. And it was a three-ring, you heard it right, a three-ring event. They had three rings next to each other. And they had all 60 wrestlers, which is pretty much the whole roster. And they would fill each ring to reach 60. One of the biggest issues that I have with World War III is that when the match World War III starts, they spend 15 minutes introducing all 60 wrestlers at once instead of the Royal Rumble, which, Ed, how do they introduce the Royal Rumble people? One guy every minute. You know, you start with your first two. You start with number one and number two. Um, usually it's a gimmick one and two, uh, but, you know, or, you know, they have matches and the guy that loses has to enter first kind of thing. And, I remember Ted DiBiase one time uh, drew number one and tried to buy his way out of number one. But uh, but anyway, uh, you know it's every, it's every thir- every minute somebody one of the thirty guys comes out and until all thirty are out, until all thirty are out. Now, As opposed to like you said, the World War Three where they introduce all the guys all at once and they're assigned a ring. You know, based upon uh, you know, 20 guys in, in a ring. Now, the so. other thing that I that I find interesting about World War Three and about Royal Rumble is World War Three is the same rules as Royal Rumble. Where, actually, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. The rules are different. I'm just going to rewind myself. I just fact checked myself right there. So the Royal Rumble, the only way to be eliminated is if you get thrown over the top rope. If you get thrown through the middle. If you get thrown through the bottom and your feet touch, you are not eliminated. You are only eliminated if you're thrown over the top rope and then your feet touch the ground, correct? That's that's correct. World War Three. it doesn't matter where you are thrown. As long as both feet touch the ground, you're automatically eliminated. So if you're thrown off through that, the bottom of the rope, then you are eliminated. That's not true. That it is, is not true. true. That is, I no, just no, 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 no. They changed it because what had happened after the first one, you had guys going uh, – put themselves under the bottom rope and that was how Hulk Hogan declared that he said he he didn't lose the the the, the first one when uh, when Macho Man won or whichever one Macho Man won um I forget which that what that was the first one or the second one uh whichever one Macho Man Randy Savage won Hulk the 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 uh Paul White the giant pulled Hulk Hogan from underneath the bottom rope the referee did not see it and said that Hulk had been eliminated. Macho Man uh, won the strap. I think that was the first one. Um, and most of that match, most of that match, Lex Luger had spent outside the ring because he put himself out, out of the bottom rope. And then he would fight guys and pull guys, try to eliminate them over the top rope uh, after going through the bottom rope. And he spent the majority of the match on the outside of the ring. So that's not true. They did change it. They did change it. This is why WCW sucked. Because what I like about the Royal Rumble is the Royal Rumble happens every January. You know when it's January, it's Royal Rumble time, right? Right, right. And they stuck with the same damn rules for the past 30 years. Right. I mean, you, you... You start with two every minute, minute and a half. The next guy comes in. There could be 15 guys in the ring. It could, yeah. but that's how it works. You get, you have to be thrown over. Both feet touch the ground. You are out. The winner of the Royal Rumble usually goes uh, to WrestleMania 
in the main event against the world champion. Mm-hmm. World War Three attempted that, but they failed. I'm going to go after some World War Three now. Now, there was only four World War Threes. The first one was 1995. Randy Savage won that one, and it was for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Yep. It wasn't yep. for a shot. Right. The second World War Three was in 1996, and the Giant won that one. And it was for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship match at the event of the winner's choosing, which the Giant chose and at sold out in 1997 to go against Hulk Hogan, which he lost. Now he was also in the NWO at the time. Yeah, that was that was one of my favorite ones, by the way. That was one of my favorite World War Threes when you basically had the entire NWO just sit in the corner and watch everybody else fight. And everybody just whooped each other's ass. And, you know, they, they had all the guys at the NWO come out. Now, with you saying that, though. Until the, end, until the end. They only had 59 guys in that one, uh, if I remember right. and But maybe it was the next one. When Scott, when it was Scott Hall was at the end and uh, Kevin Nash was came out as Sting and Hulk Hogan came out uh, as the 60th guy or something. I don't remember which one that was, but. My third one. Now, see, now this is where I where I where I get interested again because, okay, we're WCW, we're World Championship Wrestling, we're not quite WWF, but we're trying to be, right, Ed? Mm-hmm. So I get an idea. Let's come up with our own version of the Royal Rumble. It's called World War Three, right? Right. Let's not have the winner of the match go to their WrestleMania, which would be Starcade against the champion. Let's not let's not blatantly steal from WWF. But the winner of World War Three would actually go against the champion at the pay-per-view of their choosing. That mm-hmm. I actually can get behind. That's an yeah. interesting concept. Well, I mean, I don't here's the thing. I mean, I personally I personally dislike that. Um simply because uh, it it's kind of like the idea of the of the money in the bank thing, you know what I mean? I'm just not a, I'm I'm just not a huge fan of specifically of specifically that that you know if you're gonna have if you're trying to make this event a mainstay on the on you know in the in the, in the calendar, you make it the winner goes on to face the champ at Starcade the next month. That's just what you should have done. What you should have done, but they didn't do that because the third World War Three was in nineteen ninety seven. The winner of that was Scott Hall, and he would face the WCW World Heavyweight Champion at Uncensored ninety eight, which would be March. So that's kind of weird. That is blatantly like WrestleMania. There you got, which is even longer. You got World War Three, which was uh, which was the third one, which was in 1987, November 23rd at the uh, uh, Palace Arbor. And Scott Hall wins that, but he doesn't have a championship match until Uncensored, which was March the following year. Well, that was the one I was talking about. I jumped ahead a little bit. That was the one where um, it was supposedly Sting came out, but it was actually Kevin Nash. And uh, Hulk Hogan was the 60th guy, and he came out. And uh, they just sort of, you know, let let Scott Hall win the thing. So, and then the last one was November twenty second, nineteen ninety eight, the fourth one at the Palace Arbor Hills, and the winner was Kevin Nash, 
Yes. And this is where we blatantly go off of the Royal Rumble because November is World War III, December is Starcade, and Starcade was WCW's WrestleMania. And that is when we had Kevin Nash defeating Goldberg at the stun gun match, if I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. But it's funny, though, because that wasn't the main event, and that's shitty. The main event was DDP versus Bret Hart for the United States Heavyweight Championship. Oh, at at, uh, at World War Three? No, it's yeah. second. Well, it was at, no, it was at, at World War Three. They they did that too that year. Did they do that? Wait a minute, no, wait a minute. I was wrong. You were right. I was wrong. I was wrong. So, so they had World War Three, and then they had the uh, championship match. That was my fault. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even bother to to watch that match. Uh, because I mean, nobody cared. You know, I mean, it wasn't for the strap, first of all. It was for the U.S. title, the te- television title, or wherever the fuck it was. And, U.S. title. Yeah, it was for the U.S. title. And, you know, and I don't get me wrong, DDP and Bret Hart, they put on a good match there, but it was like, it, 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 I didn't care about it. You know, that was another problem with WCW. They have a problem putting the right matches in the right order. You know, and, and that was one of the things. Okay, okay, now, Ed, so, like, you're saying you have a problem, right, with WCW, okay? So now we'll get into the thick of it here when we get to World War III versus Royal Rumble, okay? Mm-hmm. What is your displeasure with World War III? Why don't you like this? We've been talking about this for two weeks. Why do you hate World War III? Well, it's because, it's, you know, especially, I mean, the technology at the time, they had three cameras, you know, especially the first one, they had no fucking idea what they were doing. And three different announced teams, right? And each different announced team had a different had a, uh, had a different ring that they were watching. And the camera is on three different. It looked like the fucking Brady Bunch opening at the beginning of, or excuse me, for the whole match. You're sitting there for 45 minutes until they finally get into one ring, and each announce each announced team is trying to talk over the other one. It's just like, oh, we, we, we just heard there's some action over at ring number two. Let's go over there. And, you know, and then, oh, yeah, uh, somebody got eliminated, but I don't know who it was. Uh, let's go over to ring number three where I, I think there's some action. Like, it's just stupid. It's just it was just absolutely stupid. You know, I mean, uh, the next reasons why I would say I hate it are because of how much better Royal Rumble is. But I don't know that we're there in the conversation yet. Well, you know, one of the things that always kind of uh, flocked me towards World War Three was, you know, the first one came out in 95, you know, and the name, World War Three. When you when you name an event or a pay-per-view or something, World War Three, you know you're in for some shit. Right. So I was excited because that was always intriguing to me. The name was more intriguing to me as a young 10-year-old than the Royal Rumble. I always thought World War Three was more of a cool name. I always preferred World War Three growing up, but as a full-grown man now, I'm like, God damn it, this doesn't make any sense. Why does WCW like to have multiple rings? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like they do that for War Games, which we'll talk about in a little bit later in this episode. But why three rings? Why? It's I don't confusing. know. I, I, I don't. I. They were just trying to be different, I guess. I don't you know, know if they were trying mean, to be different. I just think that they were being stupid. I mean... The greatest invention that uh, that Eric Bischoff ever had was helping create the NWO, and that's about it. I mean, God. I mean, really. They were just trying. They were trying to be different. And you know, the thing is, is the thing that has failed WCW the most was 
it was a television company trying to put on a wrestling show. So they were trying to put on the best television they could. Damned it all if we, if it's going to be, you know, damned all the wrestlers. And the idea behind let's do a three ring battle royal sounds fantastic. But then you put it on, but, but then you put it, you take it off a of paper and you put it into real life. And it's like, this, this is, this is awful. This is really bad. This is stupid. And they didn't even have, I believe Goldberg was never in a World War III. Goldberg was never in a World War III. Hogan was was in the first one as a good guy, but that's because it was for the strap. Sting was in the first one, but that was it. You never really had the big names other than Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. I mean, Ric Flair was in the first one. I mean, he had everybody in the first one. But, excuse me, you didn't have – you just didn't have the big named guys um, all in, you know, the guys that you really want to see. It's almost like how the Royal Rumble is now. Like back in the day, you used to have even the champ was in it sometimes, you know, and you had guys like there was Chris Jericho had a street fight match with somebody in one of them right before. And he waltzes out to the ring like nothing happened. You know what I mean? Like it's. 60 guys, they couldn't even get the roster. They, they, they had to put everybody on the roster, and they couldn't even get the big names to go in it because they're not getting the screen time that they that they wanted. So they had to go and get all the luchadors from guys. And they even said, you might have not seen these guys in WCW before. They're from Mexico. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just a lot of – it's just it was great on paper, just shit that didn't work in real life, man. Shit show. That's the best way to explain World War III was a shit show. Exactly right. There's one other thing that I do like that the WCW did, that WWF is starting to do. But in their major pay-per-views, their major ones at WCW, they always stayed in a city. You know, for example, like Halloween Havoc was always Las Vegas. Yeah. That's always cool. World War III kind of split it up, though. But World War III, the first two, was always in Norfolk, Virginia. But then the last two was at the Pals at Auburn Hills. I kind of like that idea, you know, to keep it there because that is that town's pay-per-view. You know, like, like that's what they're all about. Well, I mean, I get that. I mean, WWF has always been a a traveling show. You know, it's it's they put a show on in the city every year, you know, like like Toledo might not ever get a pay-per-view, but they'll get a Raw. We can get a uh, SmackDown down here. Well, yeah, but uh, like Detroit might get a Raw or a SmackDown or a pay-per-view, but they'll get something every single year. They will get something. You're right. They might not get a WrestleMania anymore because WrestleManias are held in big, giant stadiums. Well, Ford feels big enough. Well, maybe, maybe, but they like to have it in big, giant outdoor arenas like they had – like what they had it in uh, – or like the L.A. Coliseum or something. Mm-hmm. They had it in New York. Which is going to be this year, too, which will be interesting. Yeah. So, like, yeah, they, have, they like to have them big, giant outdoor stadiums. I was, uh, before we get into the Royal Rumble here, so I said that the idea of World War III was cool. I thought that the name World War III was really cool. Ten-year-old me is saying that. Yeah. Uh, but you watch the matches now and, and prepare for this episode. And it's, my Lord, what a clusterfuck. And there's no special moves. There's nothing fun. There's no pizzazz. There's no entertainment. It's just guys, fake punch, fake punch, fake kick, 
oh, three guys been eliminated. I didn't know who. Yeah, I don't have it no was, idea who it is. Yeah. It was very, it was just a shit show. And the first one, I'll give it that. The first one should be a shit show. It's your first time doing something this big. You have 60 guys in there. You're, it's unpredictable. I get it. But if this is going to be your main November pay-per-view for the next couple of years, then you really need to hammer that in. And I didn't think they figured it out until after the last one, which would have been, you know, World War Three ninety eight when Kevin Nash won and he got right. the title shot at Starcade ninety eight. Right. That's what it should have been. But uh, we talked about World War Three from ninety five to ninety eight, so I thought it'd be fair if we talk about Royal Rumble ninety five to ninety eight because Royal Rumble has been around since nineteen eighty eight. It is thirty years old. We can't talk about all of them, but we'll talk about Royal Rumble ninety five to ninety eight. The, uh, so Royal Rumble 95 was on January 22nd. It was in Florida, and it was for the uh, it was for the uh, WrestleMania. Uh, it was for the WrestleMania. It was for the uh, WWF World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania. What was it? Uh, 12 there. The winner of that was Shawn Michaels. Came in number one and lasted all the way through. That was one of the greatest, greatest of all time. I would one even one of the greatest. Pro- yes, I would. I might even put that. Now, I know you probably have some other ones that you would put there, but I would probably put that as, as number one even almost. Is just because Shawn Michaels entered at number one? Is that it? I mean, he almost got eliminated a couple times. WrestleMania 12. Was this the WrestleMania where Vince McMahon has that famous line of the boyhood dream? Is oh, that oh, it where Shawn probably, Michaels wins the strap? Probably. I don't know. You don't remember that? That's really famous. I mean, I don't, I don't remember it off the top of my head, no. Okay, yeah, because there was a famous thing at WrestleMania where Shawn Michaels wins the title, and he's holding it, he's on his knees, and he's hugging it, and he's crying, and Vince McMahon says, the boyhood dream has come true. This is what he's wanting oh, to do as a right. kid. Yeah, that's right. You're right. Was that WrestleMania 12, the boyhood I, dream? I believe so, yes. I do remember uh, that. I remember, remember that, that being that year, but I, yeah. The next Royal Rumble was the Royal Rumble in 1996, and that was in Fresno, California. And it was, again, uh, for the um, – now, this was a chance to go to WrestleMania for the title. The winner was Shawn Michaels, who came in at number 18. However, though, that night, Bret Hart was the champion, and he was going against The Undertaker that night for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Yes, yes. The next Royal Rumble was in 1997. That was in San Antonio, Texas. And that was won by Stone Cold Steve Austin, one of many. He came in at number five, and that night was Psycho Sid against Shawn Michaels for the World Heavyweight title. So this becomes Austin's reign, right? Austin becomes, you know, the big guy at this point. 1997, he comes in number five, and he wins the Royal Rumble. This is a big deal, right? Yeah, he had like 10 eliminations or something like that. At that time, it was a record, I think. Uh, until Kane did 11 uh, a couple of years later. Uh, but this was also, you got to remember, this was also the year that they had fake Razor Ramon and fake Diesel. <laughs> and, and they came in. Undertaker entered number 30, and Stone Cold eliminated him. Stone Cold, like, Stone Cold eliminated a bunch of guys. He eliminated 10 guys. You know what? We may do a small little mini episode in the future about fake Razor and fake Diesel because Jesus, tap dancing Christ. Yes. Oh, that was terrible. We kind of <laughs> talked about it with our main episode. The 1998 Royal Rumble was in the San Jose, California, the San Jose Arena. Stone Cold Steve Austin won that one. He entered at number 24. And the main event that night was Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker in a casket match for the WWF Championship. Yes. So, that was, Shawn. But- 
which, you know, that was a huge moment in, in wrestling, by the way, because that not that the moment that Shawn Michaels got hurt? I believe that is the moment that he got hurt. Yeah, that's when, that's when Shawn Michaels got hurt, broke his back, and that moment, because of the reformation of DX, changed, A, the trajectory of Triple H, and B, you know, made DX bigger than it ever had been before. So there's been some interesting winners because that's the ones I just wanted to talk about. But there's been some interesting winners over the year. Past 1998, we've had Mr. McMahon, that's one. Mm-hmm. We've had Rey Mysterio, that's one. We've had Batista winning a few times, Triple H winning a few times, Randy Orton. Shinsuke won last year. Yes, yes, he did. And he, he, they disappointed at WrestleMania, didn't they? Boy, oh boy, they disappointed. Uh, they disappointed at WrestleMania this year because they made him a bad guy for no fucking reason. I know. It was retarded. I didn't understand why they had to make him a bad guy. This is not a Shinsuke show. We may do a Shinsuke show in the future, but you don't make him a bad guy. I mean, like, they had Asuka win, and she was definitely the fan favorite for the Women's Royal Rumble. And then they had her go against Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. After the match, Asuka was finally defeated. Charlotte was ready for Asuka. And they embraced each other, and it was a moment. And that was respectful. This one, he went, what? Vince McMahon thought it would be a good idea for the next three months after WrestleMania that Shinsuke Nakamura should just do nothing but low blows to AJ Styles? Which he did. He did. He just kicked him in the dick a bunch. Which, you know, WWE is kicking me in the dick because controversy here. Uh, AJ Styles is the new Brock Lesnar because the motherfucker's never going to give up the fucking WWE title. Oh, uh, he, he won't. Uh, he won't. I know he won't. Who's he going to lose to? He ain't going to lose to Samoa. He hasn't lost yet. <laughs> you know, and I hate to say it like this because you know how much I love Hogan, but Brock Lesnar has a Hulk Hogan complex, refuses to lose the strap to anybody because he doesn't think anybody's deserving to, to be the champ. You're saying Lesnar or you're saying AJ? Lesnar. Well, I'm talking about AJ, about oh, how AJ is. What I'm saying is AJ Styles is like Brock Lesnar right now because he has won the title at WrestleMania, and he has not lost the title yet. Well, I'm okay with AJ Styles being the champ. I mean, I fucking love AJ Styles. You know that. I think they need to change it up a little bit. Jesus Christ. Well, like you said, who the fuck's going to beat him? You know, who I got I gotta, SmackDown deserves, deserves to hold the belt. Well, you know what? I would have said Kevin Owens, but now they're not doing anything with him over at Raw. I best kind of wish they didn't switch him up. No, I mean, Kevin Owens is great. Kevin Owens has been one of those guys that, like, he would be such a good bad guy if he wasn't a prick bad guy. If he was like a a cerebral bad guy. You know, right now, he's just like a bully. If he wasn't a bully and he was more cerebral, he'd be the best heel WWE has. Well, they but, had him for the best heel with SmackDown last year. Well, and the problem was is they already had the character that Kevin Owens should be in in Bray Wyatt, and Bray Wyatt's not doing anything anymore. Yeah, I know, which kind of fucking sucks. Bray uh, Wyatt's a fantastic performer. I don't know why they're not doing anything. Okay, here, trivia time here for you, Ed. Who was the winner of the first Royal Rumble? Oh, God, I don't I don't know, but I'm assuming it would have to be Hulk Hogan. No. 
The first winner of the night, it was 1998 Royal Rumble, January 24th in Hamilton, Ontario. So the first Royal Rumble was in Canada. The num- uh, the person that won came in at number 13, and it was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh! You mean 1988, you said 98. Yes, 88, my fault. Okay. Do you remember, uh, number two, do you remember who the Royal Rumble winner was at number two? No. Number two was Big John Stud. Jesus. And then you had Hulk Hogan win two in a row. You had Ric Flair <coughs> win in 1992. And then you had Yokozuna winning in 1993. Well, I, I know 1992 was like a top five one because Flair... Flair, like, didn't Flair win in 92? Yeah, Flair won in 1992. He entered number and three. It was, for, like hour. It, was, it was for the vacant WWF World Heavyweight title. Yeah, because, like, Hogan had Hogan had been stripped of the title or something like that. And uh, I, don't know, I don't remember exactly, but Sid, Psycho Sid, uh, it, he eliminated like six guys, which has been the record up to that point in like six minutes, something like that, if I remember right. And uh, and Flair lasted like an hour uh, from number three and one. Right, I mean, will... uh, am I misremembering that, or is that? No, you're right. I'm looking at it right here. Uh, and and uh, in, in my opinion here, because Ed Todd uh, just said his opinion, my my opinion though, the, and we will have a pay per view about it later on in the future of the show, but. My opinion, the best Royal Rumble was Royal Rumble 2001, with the winner being Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out at number 27 in the New Orleans Arena. Uh, if you go to any wrestling fan website, they said that as number one is the best one because Kane came in at number 10 or 13, and he eliminated almost everybody. And this was a big WrestleMania. This was a big Royal Rumble because that's when Steve Austin came back from his neck injury. But the storyline was he came back from being ran over by Rikishi. Yes. So he came back to claim the throne. That's that's why that one was a big deal. It was a fan favorite. Everybody wanted to see him win, and he won. And I couldn't have been more ecstatic leading into WrestleMania 17, which we will get into as the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Well, let's not forget, you know, big moments like 1999 when China entered as the first female, um, and then the next year she actually eliminated she eliminated Jericho and the Big Boss Man. Um, and that was one of those, that was one of those ones that was different because it was at Madison square garden and those yeah. row runs that are at Madison square garden are, are hard to do because part of the beauty of it is not knowing who's coming out. Like that's one of the big reasons why the Royal rumble to me was always better than, than, uh, than world war three is because you had no idea who was coming out. And they would surprise you with guys like Pete Rose entered one time. Fucking, you have guys now that are come that come back. Drew it's Carey all, entered one time. It's where all the guys that that hurt, and hopefully, eventually, you know, a year from now, a year and a half from now, or never, when Roman Reigns comes back, that's where he'll come back at. It's a Royal Rumble. Well, um, fact check: the 1998 Royal Rumble was in the was in San Jose Arena in California. The one that you're thinking of was in Madison Square Garden, which was Royal Rumble 2000. The winner was The Rock. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm just getting them. I'm getting them. You, you brought it up. This was not a part of the show, but, you know, I think this needs to be said because as we're recording this on a Tuesday, this Sunday is evolution here. Uh, but China 
did enter into the Royal Rumble, like Ed said. Uh, it's a damn shame, actually, that uh, China has passed away because she would be, I would argue, one of the uh, forerunners for this women's evolution in wrestling because she was one of the ones that started it back in the late 90s. It's kind of a damn shame she's not around anymore. I kind of miss her because I would love to see China back kicking some ass because I think these women nowadays would get their asses handed to them. Don't you think, Ed? No, 100%, man. I think that if, unfortunately, she had a long-term battle with, with, with some problems and she had, she did pass away. Um, but, you know, I think that she would be proud of what, what's going on in the, in the women's division. And she would absolutely be a part right now of the, the evolution pay-per-view that's, 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 that's coming up uh, this Sunday. She would absolutely, whether it be like a surprise thing or whatever, she'd be there. 100% she'd be there. Dream match if China was still alive, China versus Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown women's title, yes or no? Oh, God, no. No, no, no. Uh, it would be China versus Ember Moon. That'd be, that'd be what I want to say. Oh, boo. What the? Ember Moon? Bro, like, I mean, Charlotte Flair is the best in-ring performer. Maybe even the WWE has to offer in its, in its entirety, let alone just as the, in the women's division, right? Like, she might be one of the top performers, in-ring performers, and top promo cutters in the business. But... China was not that kind of wrestler. China was a fighter. China was a scrapper. The, a brute. A, right. A match between China and, and Charlotte Flair would not be good because Charlotte Flair is a great in-ring performer. China was not. Ember Moon is not a great in-ring performer, but she's a brawler, right? That's who you need to pair China with to have a great match is two brawlers. Funny match, uh, China versus my girl, Little Miss Bliss, Alexa Bliss. That'll be, oh, that'll I, be love, a shit show. I love Alexa Bliss. I love. <clears throat> I think Old Alexa Bliss, girl from Columbus. Yeah, I, I think Alexa Bliss is the best heel the WWE has to offer. Well, I mean, you know? she did beat Nia Jax, so. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think I think she's the best heel in the WWE right now, hands down, hands down. She's the best heel. She's one of those kind of classic heels that you you love to hate. You buy their T-shirts, but you like, I hate the fact that I hate them because they're, you know, they're evil or they're a bad guy. And they get in the ring and they're losing and they're about to get their ass whooped. And then all of a sudden, somehow they find a way to win. You know, somebody comes out and helps them cheat to win or something. Lie, cheat, steal, Eddie Guerrero. Those are the keys to be... The greatest yeah. heel ever. Yes. So, well, now we're getting to the second segment of the show here where we're going to talk about war games versus hell in a cell. Now, the reason why they're, we're doing this versus here is because both were big events. Both became pay-per-views later on. And Ooh. also, both were in a cage. And the cage is not just a normal cage. It was a cage with a top on it. So war games here. We'll talk about war games. Actually, no, we'll talk about Hell in the Cell first. We'll talk about uh, World War III first. But uh, Hell in the Cell first started at Bad Blood in Your House, October 5th, 1987, in St. Louis, Missouri. And the first ever Hell in the Cell match was Shawn Michaels against The Undertaker. We talked about this one um, where The Undertaker's brother Kane first introduces himself. That's and gotta be Kane. That's gotta, gotta be Kane. Right? Uh, 
we have already talked about that match. We've talked about how much we love that match. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out here before we continue with Hell in a Cell. Uh, War Games would suck dick to become that match. Am I correct on that? Um, no. No, I would disagree. Did you hear my question? War Games would suck would, War Games would suck a dick to become Hell in a Cell. Absolutely. No. <laughs> no. Absolutely not, bro. I mean, the War Games was like... The War Games was... was, was it, there would be no Hell in a Cell if it wasn't for War Games. And I, I know we're talking focusing on WCW War Games. But the War Games was created way back when for the Four Horsemen. You know, Flair and Arn Anderson and those guys. So, like, this has been a wrestling thing for forever. WWE, What WWE did was took it and cut it in half to make it more focusable. That doesn't make it better. It was easier to focus on it. We'll and it was, was one-on-one versus, like, a, versus like a, an eight-man tag match or whatever they were doing. Well, we're going to talk about some of the Hell in a Cell matches because I did not know this. I thought that the second Hell in a Cell match was always Undertaker against Mankind at King of the Ring, right? But it wasn't. No, it wasn't. The second Hell in a Cell match was the Undertaker and Stone Cold, and they defeated Mankind and Kane. It was a tornado tag team Hell in a Cell on Raw is War, June 5th, 1998 in San Antonio, Texas. Oh, uh, really? They did, it on, they did it on Raw. That's, that's a surprise. The third you know, one, I don't remember was, that. I, right? I don't remember that either because the third one was Undertaker versus Mankind. The fourth when, one, yeah, when they when Undertaker threw Mankind off the top of the fucking took the greatest bump in the history of bumps up until that time, and then came what out, happened? finished the match, and then almost died. And it was that second bump was an accident when he fell through. That one was an accident. People don't believe me, but that I can guarantee you that was a fucking accident. Uh, Mick Foley has even uh, even announced that, that was an accident because there's a great documentary about Mick Foley where he does a stand-up routine, kind of like a la Kevin Smith does. Oh, really? And it's on the WWE Network, and it's all about Hell in a Cell because it came out when Hell in a Cell was, uh, came out this September. So it was all about that match 20 years ago, and he went into grave detail. It was It's, it's a la Kevin Smith. He's up there in a the crowd, he's on a microphone, and he's one-on-one. Which is, I, would, I might have to go check that out. It's great. Just search for it in the WWE Network. You will find it. The fourth Hell in a Cell was Mankind and Kane, and it was another Raw is War. The fifth one, which I did not know this, I got to watch this, was Undertaker against Big Boss Man at WrestleMania 15. They, um, they, they really elevated Big Boss Man to that? Big Boss Man, it was only a nine-minute match. Oh, God. Ugh. Yeah, I got to watch that. It probably wasn't good because the one after that was great. It was Triple H against Cactus Jack at No Way Out, February 2000. It was a oh, single that's... match for the WWF title. If Cactus Jack lost, then he would actually have to retire as an active wrestler in the WWF, and Triple H won. Oh, uh, yeah, and Triple H won. Like that, that was actually a fantastic match. Right, because he went through the cage again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, I mean, they battled back and forth. Uh, they, uh, 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 Cactus Jack gave uh, Triple H a pedigree through a table. Uh, 
Uh, they, they put a two by four on fire. Like they, they would classic, classic, classic Cactus Jack. Well, see, now before I continue, this is why I like telling this out growing up because throughout the rest of the year, you got your standard wrestling. Sometimes they were throwing something crazy like a casket match or a first blood match or an right. inferno match. But you it's know when you watched. Huh? They don't do those kinds of matches anymore, unfortunately. No, unfortunately, they don't. But growing up as a kid, though, those, you know, you had your standard shit, but you had some fun ones in the future. You know, right. 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 When they announced a Hell in a Cell match with Vince McMahon doing his Hell of Maybe cough. Yeah, right. So you want to take it, take another sip, spit that out, and you know, take uh, I just always wanted to do that. I just you did a very good job. Thank you. Uh, kudos, you're, kudos to your Vince impression. That sounded just like him. I'm not even being sarcastic. It definitely did. Well, I can't wait to hear it back in the show at 43 minutes in. Um, <laughs> so every time he announced Hell in the Cell, my dick gets hard. Back in the day, because I'm like, oh, somebody's gonna die. I mean, there's gonna yeah. be blood everywhere. It's 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 gonna be fucking mayhem. Uh, nowadays they don't do that uh, because the last great Hell in a Cell match that was brutal, which is the pay per view I've been wanting to do for a while here. It is Kurt Angle who defeated The Undertaker, Triple H, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Rikishi, and The Rock. It's a six man Hell in a Cell match for the title at Armageddon, December of two thousand, and it was bloody. It was violent, but after that they changed tune. The next yeah, one, the six pack challenge is what they call it, or something. No, 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 just the six man Hell in a Cell match. Okay. Uh, I'm not gonna go through all of them, but you know, then we get some, then we get some sleeper ones. You know, then we got Triple H against Chris Jericho, Brock Lesnar against The Undertaker, Triple H versus oh, Kevin. You're Jack. talking about No Mercy 2002. I'm talking about No Mercy. Which one are you talking about here? Uh, no Mercy yeah. Undertaker one, Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar, No Mercy no 2002. Mercy. Well, you got to remember that was when, like, when people were like comparing Brock Lesnar to Goldberg because he was on his way up. Like, Brock Lesnar beat Hulk Hogan. He beat The Rock. He beat RVD. And you know, the only person like that, that stepped up, you know, basically stepped up to the plate was 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 uh, was the Undertaker. And uh, they they fought at Unforgiven, uh, and Undertaker tossed like Brock Lesnar in. Through us through like into the stage, and then they had the they had the match, and they got and Lesnar got all bloodied, and you know uh, they beat him with a cast and shit. Um, and the Undertaker then, then Brock Lesnar beat the Undertaker wide open, and and Brock Lesnar beat the Undertaker. You know that was thirteen years before he broke the streak. How long before he broke the streak? Twelve years before he broke the streak. Well, that was in two thousand two, and he broke the streak what in two thousand fifteen? So two thousand sixteen. Thirteen, yeah. Yeah. Just 13, yeah. There is a Hell in a Cell match, Ed, that I want to tell you about that you don't know about. Maybe I don't know, and also for the fans out there, but it's it's Hell in a Cell fourteen. It's a two on three handicap match in a Hell in a Cell, and it was at Unforgiven, September seventeenth, two thousand six, in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. 
Then it was D Generation X, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, and they were up against Mr. McMahon, Shane McMahon, and the Big Show. Do you know this one? I do not remember that one, no. You need to watch this as soon as we get done recording because it is, it is the greatest 25 minutes in wrestling ever. Uh, okay. That is a bold statement because it's not, but it's just fun. <laughs> I'm hyping it up for you. Um, but you have, you have, you know, DX. The storyline was DX came back. Mr. McMahon was pissed off. So him and Shane... Uh, challenge DX to a Hell in the Cell match, but there's a stipulation. It's going to be a handicap match, and in their corner is going to be Big Show. Okay. So DX DX is not going to DX is not going to win, right? I mean, they have the Big Show. There's just no way, right? Well, sure. as soon as the match starts and they're in the cage, Shawn Michaels and Triple H do whatever they do, which is as soon as the bell rings, they kick Big Show in the nuts. <laughs> At the same time, he goes down, and this is the match where. Vince McMahon is bloodied from head to toe. This is where Shawn Michaels puts Shane McMahon's neck in a chair, and he does his he does his famous forearm, and that's where Shane McMahon starts bleeding out of the mouth and convulsing. It is one of the most bloodiest, brutal hell in the cells ever. And another reason why this is an important one to watch is because this is the first hell in the cell where it was now bigger, where you cannot climb up it or get thrown through. You know what I mean? It's It wasn't like it used to be when it was Mankind versus Undertaker. It's a little bit taller now, like it is nowadays. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. So all in all, well, I got, cell I got one for you. I got one for you if you want to talk about bloody, you know, bloody ones. Uh, Vengeance 2005, Batista Triple H. That you was remember? bloody. I didn't, I've, never, I've, I've never seen that one. Okay, so it was – It was. they had, were having a great rivalry at the time. And the two guys are like they're big brawlers. Like we've talked about big brawler kind of guys. And Batista and Triple H, neither of them have ever been great technical wrestlers, particularly Batista. But, you know, Triple H is more of a student. But they're brawlers, right? That literally was the incarnation of the, the phrase hell in a cell. It was brutal. It was bloody. It was a great end to a rivalry. Uh, they beat each other with fucking weapons. Uh, they introduced a steel chair uh, with barbed wire. Triple H uh, beat the shit out of Batista with the sledgehammer. Batista gave Triple H the Batista bomb onto the ring steps. And I see this match then after the show. This sounds great. Oh, God. It was... It was Vengeance 2005 was was the number, in my opinion, it's the best. I mean, like, it doesn't have Triple H, or it doesn't have, like, Mankind falling off the fucking stage. Like, that was a big moment. But, <clears throat> excuse me, off the top. It, but, yeah, he gave, he Batista-bombed him onto the ring steps. So, so yeah, there you'll have that. So there's that. I want to check that one out. I mean, all in all, Hell in a Cell is great. It's a great name, great concept. Um, later on, as the years go on, the concept kind of sucks because the concept was very simple. You are locked in a cage. You cannot get out because they have it. Uh, they have it uh, chained up, so you cannot get out. No holds barred. Anything goes. The only stipulation is you have to pin or submit your opponent in the ring. But now, recently, they've done such things as, oh, you can pin your opponent anywhere, on top of the cage, on the floor. 
you know, that's what I kind of miss that they go back to the old school ways where you have to do it. Um, I miss that one. But I do believe, in my opinion, that Randy Orton and uh, Jeff Hardy had a pretty good Hell in a Cell this year. Uh, I, 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 I thought it was a pretty good match. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, they're, they're putting on good matches. Like, uh, what was it? He Didn't he, was he, didn't he, like, uh, oh, God, who was it? Uh, Jeff Hardy was was holding the top of the, the cage with Randy Orton. He was holding the top of it to do a swanton and, bomb. Uh, and yeah, and then Randy Orton clearly moved out of the way way too quickly. And, and Jeff Hardy's ear, yeah. which is weird. Yeah, that was fucking weird. That was fucking weird. The match itself, however, with the exception of it being a couple of fuck ups between two old guys now, uh, was 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 brutal. That was a brutal match. It was as brutal as they've been in a long time. I'll put it that way. Mm. We know why because the cage was red. Oh well, yeah, stupid ass red cage. So now we're going to talk about Fall Brawl or War Games. So, in every September, they had WCW had a pay per view called Fall Brawl. And the main event of Fall Brawl, which is a great title, by the way, was the War Games. Well, so, let's, let's, be clear, let's be clear about one thing, okay? Okay. It was the, the War Games was not always at Fall Brawl, they had it at the Great American Bash in the 80s, okay? And they had it. Uh, if I remember right, they had it in Wrestle War in, in ninety in the early nineties. Ninety-two. Ninety-one and ninety-two. But and they and they also had it they also had the match on several nitros. But they had one. They they actually only had it on one nitro. Well, and if that one if I remember that one, it was it was it wasn't long ways, it went up. I don't know. I'm going to have to watch it. And the one that he's talking about, fans, if you want to check it out, is WCW Monday Nitro. It was September 4th, 2000. And it was Team Russo, which was Kevin Nash, Jeff Jarrett, Scott Steiner, Vince Russo, and the Harris Brothers. And they went against Sting, Goldberg, Booker T, and Chronic. Yes. But that, ma- that match went, like, the, the instead of having multiple rings and going long ways, it was uh, it went up. I want to check that one out. That'll be interesting. Well, they had six fall brawls. They had from 93 to 1998. They had six fall brawls that it was a part of. So those are the big ones. You're right. They did have uh, they did have all the way back from July 4th of 1997 was the very, very first War Games, and it was at the Great American Bash. But what the War Games is, it's the War Games is interesting because it's kind of like Survivor Series mixed with hell in a cell yes uh and the actual creation of war games was inspired by dusty rose who watched mad max thunderdome and that's where you got the idea for it but that's what it pretty much is you have teams it could be two teams it could be three teams mm-hmm. right and correct me if i'm wrong ed but you would have one guy from each team start the match and then every minute or two minutes kind of like the royal rumble a mystery person would come out, meaning we don't know if it's from Team A or Team B. So that means that it could be two-on-one or whatever you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's how they continue to do it until all members of the teams are in. Now, they're in two rings, kind of like World War Three, 
Yeah. Two rings next to each other. The cage is completely over top of it with the roof on it, kind of like Hell in the Cell. Mm-hmm. It's a no-holds-bar, anything goes. But the difference is the War Games uh, cage does not go down to the floor like Hell in the Cell, so they can never leave the rings. Right. So let's let's talk about the war games that we know of, uh, the ones that the fans know of, um, from 1995 until 1998 here. So the uh, so we're going to talk about 95 Fall Brawl, September 17th, 1995, and it was Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Lex Luger, and Sting, and they defeated the Dungeon of Doom, which was the Camellia, their Erwin Gun Giant. Who say that again? You're, you're talking, you're, you're talking uh, Fall Brawl 1995. Yeah. The Dungeon of Doom, which would have been the uh, Kamalia, the... Kamala. Kamala, the Uraganan Giant, whatever. Uh, the Zodiac, the Shark, and Ming. And well, then the... Kamala, no, you don't remember Kamala from, from, from wrestling? Yeah, I do, but I don't. But the name is weird. It's Kamala, the Urgandian giant. The Urgandian giant. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what you're reading. I don't know what you're reading, but like you definitely remember. You would definitely remember Kamala. He had like big black guy with the with the with the fucking moon on his belly. Yeah, and yes, yeah, yeah. But they called him Kamala, the Urgandian giant. That was his name. Well, I'm not reading what you're reading to to. To, to correct you or not correct you. But. Oh, good. He's still alive. I'm happy for that. <laughs> um, that was 1985 Fall Brawl, 1996 Fall Brawl. This was the one that was following, of course, the Bash at the Beach. It was the NWO. It was Hollywood Hogan, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and NWO Sting, which NWO Sting was fake Sting, not yes. the real Sting. Right. And they defeated Lex Luger, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and the real Sting. Which came out later. Which, that by the was way, a good was, one. Oh, that was my. That was, in my opinion, that's the number one best of all time uh, that WCW had to offer in terms of in terms of this gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the real thing actually comes out and beats everybody's ass at one point. Uh, you know, so it was like it was WC. It was basically WCW's best in ring talent. Um, if I remember, if, you know, if I'm just trying to think like the NWO versus versus, you know, Luger, Flair and Arn Anderson was old. Uh, but, you know, and then Real Sting comes out. Real Sting was, was at the peak of his game at this point. Uh, Lex Luger was at the peak of his game. Um, so but yeah, I mean, it was it was fantastic. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, if I remember right, Sting comes out and beats everybody's and like they they. They they said that it was supposed to Sting was supposed to be their fourth guy or they didn't or they didn't announce it yet and the whole crowd thought Sting was the fourth guy, so everybody was turning on was just was booing and you know hissing, um, and everybody thought Sting turned his back on WCW, but I mean it was this match was really fucking kick ass. Okay, so before we get into more of Fall Brawl and the War Games. Ed, do you have an opinion on which one is better, Hell in a Cell or the War Games? Which, which, which full cage match do you like the most? Well, it depends. In WCW in this era, it, it worked better only because 
for the first couple of years anyway, because it was WCW versus the NWO. So you got had guys that could team up, and it was like Team A versus Team B. Um, but you had bigger, ma- you had better matches, better bumps, better, better, oh my God moments in in from from the Hell in a Cell. You know, like uh, like all these guys, all these wrestlers are really tall, but Kevin Nash is seven foot tall, and he could he, his head's almost scraping the top of the steel cage in these matches. You're you're right because I always felt like the uh, War Games cage looked like a piece of shit. It looked like it was not constructed well compared to Hell in the Cell to me. Well, if you if you think about it, it probably basically was. It was the, what they had was this this their normal steel cage, and they just took they just put another piece on top of it. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like it was it wasn't specially constructed. Um. Yeah, I remember like in 92 when when uh, it was Sting, uh, Nikita Koloff, Dusty Rhodes, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, Barry Windham uh, versus Arn Anderson, uh, like S- Steve Austin, Larry Zbysko, Rick Rude, and somebody else. But Sting got on top of the thing, on top of it, and then damn there are things on top of everybody's head. It's just not, real, it's not really well built. No, it wasn't. Uh, and it wasn't until the end of WCW when like that that one on Nitro that we were talking about, right? Uh, where they basically had it go up instead of out. Like they had the they had a, what would you would think of as the hell of a cell, right? And then on top of it was another steel cage. And then on top of that one was another steel cage. So it didn't go out, it went up. So that one was pretty cool, but you know, like yeah, that one was pretty well built. But other than that, like it just it just looked real shoddy. Well, you know the okay. So we got two more here. We got the third fall brawl war games, and it was the NWO Buff Bagwell, Kevin Nash, and Six and Conan, and they defeated the Four Horsemen, Chris Benoit, Steve Michael, Ric Flair, and Kurt Henning. And then the last fall brawl war games was a three team war games and it was team wcw which was diamond dallas page roddy piper and the warrior and they went up against nwo hollywood which was hogan bret hart and stevie ray and they went up against the nwo Wolfpack, which was kevin nash sting and lex luger yeah which that one was also awesome okay Better name, Hell in a Cell, War Games. War Games. War Games. Why? Why War Games? Well, because it just it, it, it had a more historic idea connotation. Like, you know, when you have two teams, when you like have two countries together or two rival nations, what they do sometimes is they perform war games together. They're called war games. They're they're not really fighting each other. But they're showing each other how big how big each other's cocks are, like in the, in the real world, right? Sure. It's different, same concept here, except you're actually fighting. I mean, Hell in a Cell is literally like it's if you if, you know it's uh, it's Hell in a Cell. But I just I just particularly like the names the the name War Games better, honestly. War Games kind of rolls off the tongue more than Hell in a Cell. It, it definitely. Yes. Definitely uh, is an interesting because it's like, what is War Games? That is interesting. Like, well, no idea. 
Um, I had no idea what War Games was until I got into wrestling again this year. I never knew that they did this because uh, I got out of WCW at that time, and I was strictly WWF. Uh, but um, I didn't watch my first War Games until just last year in 2017, and man, did I enjoy it. And it was the it was the NWO one against WCW after Bass of the Beach. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a great one right there. Yeah, well, that was the that was that was the one. You know, that was the culmination of the biggest rivalry that had just started. You know, we didn't realize how big w- NWO was going to be. True. So, you know I mean? okay, Ed, I think we established that you were definitely Team WWF here when you got Royal Rumble versus World War Three. You say Royal Rumble wins hands down. Hands down, yes. But it sounds like to me that you are Team WCW when it comes to War Games versus Hell in the Cell. Well, I, the matches were better first. You know, I mean, the the War Games matches were more about wrestling. Okay, and I I remember watching guys get thrown from one ring to another. That was cool. The if you're talking about oh my god moments, Hell in a Cell is fucking legit. Hell in a Cell has more oh my god. And I remember like that that exact that, that exact one you're talking about where I had a really stupid fucking moment, right? With the uh, Team WCW versus Team NW Wolfpack versus uh, Team Hollywood, right? Where the Ultimate Warrior, like the, it's his turn to come out. He, the smoke filled the root, the ring fills with smoke. He all of a sudden teleports into the fucking ring. Then he gets beat up. Yeah, then it teleports back out of it. Like wh- yeah, what? No, they, did not, they did not know what to do with the warrior at that point, did they? No, and he was at the end. The Ultimate Warrior was at the end of his career at, at ninety eight. I mean, he was he was one of the guys that, fortunately enough for him, he he didn't fall apart the way a lot of guys in his era did. However, his his in ring performances were long behind him well his gimmick was kind of shot too yeah you know and he didn't and there's nothing more that they could have done with the ultimate warrior i mean i'm I'm sorry that he passed i'm sorry that he finally like dude finally comes back to the wwe he goes into the hall of fame gives one speech and then fucking dies all of a sudden yeah there was no cause was there well i mean he i mean there was always there's always a cause of death well, but what I mean is that was it brain aneurysm? It was it was not expected. Like you know, he didn't have cancer. Right, right. That's it was. Saying. I think he had a heart attack. I think. I think. Hmm. Let me let me let me look it up here. He's looking it up but, here in the middle of the show. He's gonna look it up, folks. Heart attack. He had a heart attack. All right, he had a heart attack. That sucks. Yeah, but he had a heart attack the same way those all those guys did. Like all those guys were on fucking cocaine and steroids forever. And all these wrestlers died of conge- like con- you know congestive heart failure failure, Which because attack, yeah. yeah because they all did drugs and then I think he sort of lived his life, you know what I mean? Like he did his thing and he got himself. I don't I don't know whether or not he got himself clean, but he lived his life and got himself. I'm assuming clean, and then. He comes back out to be intense, and he has a fucking heart attack, and he can't do it. He probably did cocaine one more time or something. I don't, I don't mean to be accusatory. I don't mean to be accusatory, but and his wife, his wife's done great things for his wife's done great things for for 
breast cancer and shit. So yeah, I mean, like I'm not talking shit on the guy, but you know, it just really does suck. That's how it sort of happened. Yeah. You know what though? I think we've gone on long enough about this, uh, about this show here. This was an interesting show because I did not think that Ed and I were going to battle on this one. Typically all the time, all you fans get to hear us battle and argue and cuss each other out. But this episode, I didn't think we were going to do that. We were going to share our opinions about it. I think we're both generally agree. I mean, World War Three was interesting, but it wasn't cool. Or Rumble generally is an overall better show. Uh, War Games and Hell in a Cell, I can't really argue with the opinions about it. I mean, Hell in a Cell is what it is. War Games is what it is. Both both have uh, places in the history of wrestling. Uh, they're both really good and influential. So, I mean, I, I, didn't, I did not expect us to fight in this one. So, if you're expecting to fight in this one, fans, you didn't get it. Or how about this? Ed, you're a piece of shit. Is that what you wanted to hear, fans? Go fuck yourself, San Diego. There you go. San Diego means whale's vagina. <laughs> San Diego. Or San Diego means whale's vagina. So milk <laughs> was a bad choice. <laughs> but what's not a bad choice is to continue to download these episodes here. Everybody who is listening to the show, make sure to check us out at movieguyspodcast.com. Movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. You can find all of our episodes. If you go to the right side of the page, you will see the archives tab, and you will see Call It in the Ring. You'll be able to find all of our Call in the Ring episodes, including our sister show, Movie Guys Podcast, with all of their great shows. Ed and I, of course, are a host of, the, of, that, of that show as well with our buddy Eric. It's a new movie retrospective show, so make sure to check that out. You can download this episode and many others of Call in the Ring. Just check us out at Spotify, on iTunes, and on iHeartRadio to search Movie Guys Podcast. Follow us on Facebook and also follow us on Twitter at Movie Guys Pod, where we spend all of our time talking to the fans and announcements for new shows and upcoming shows in the future. Ed, I always have fun talking to you about wrestling, but fans will be back in two weeks for another great episode. It will be a wrestler show. No, I'm sorry. Is it a, a fuck? I'm gonna, uh, is it a wrestler show next time, or is it going to be a pay per view? It's a wrestler. It's a wrestler. Uh, no, we just did the rock. We got to do. Uh, we got to do a pay per view. Yeah, we got to pick them. See, this is a little behind the scenes. We don't know what we're gonna do until we just decide. Basically, what happens is, is Jordan or I scroll through the WWE network and we're like, you know what? I want to watch Vengeance 2000. And I watch it. And we watch it, and they're like, uh, you know what? Nah, this is kind of stupid. Or, or yeah, it's fucking awesome. And then we you know, we talk about it, and I give my opinion, and Jordan gives him his opinion. And then we watch the pay-per-views, and we're like, okay, let's do this. So, you know, some, at this moment, we have no idea exactly what we're going to do next. But two so, weeks from now, when we do release the episode, we will know what we're doing. Yes, yes. But we are open to suggestions. I only bring that – I only say that because we are open. If somebody has something that they – you know, you know, fans, you know, fans of professional wrestling, if you have something you'd like us to talk about, we want your input. We want you to, to go on Twitter at Movie Guys Podcast and you know at us and tell us you know what you know what show you'd like us to talk about. Really, absolutely. We we gotta hear what you guys want to uh, want us to talk about because we will we will definitely take your suggestions into play. But next episode will be a pay per view. If you want to listen to our last pay per views, we did SummerSlam two thousand one. And we did WrestleMania 18. I think all the fans would like to hear the WrestleMania 18 because halfway through the show, I get blistering drunk. Yes, yes, you did. Yes, I did. 
So, thank you so much, everybody out there in the movie guys verse and the call in the rings verse, if that's what we're going to call you. Ed and I greatly, at the bottom of our hearts, do appreciate everything that you guys have done for us. Keep up the downloads, and we love bringing the show to you all bi-weekly. So, thank you so much, and we'll talk to everybody at a later time. Have a good night.